Welcome to the Create an Athlete podcast, your guide to raising a future college sports star. I'm Steve Edelson, columnist with the Asbury Park Press, and I'm joined by my colleague Jerry Carino. And Jerry, today we take on a subject that impacts pretty much everyone across the board uh, in youth sports. The word is inclusion. How do we include special needs students into sports? It's something that didn't exist years ago, Steve, when you and I were growing up. It's an emerging thing, and it's important, and we've come a long way, but there's a long way to go, as we'll see when we hear from our guests. We're going to hear all about that in our interview with Dan Richards, who has been in the trenches on this subject, dealing with issues relating to youth sports and disabled athletes. And he has a lot of experience with his own son, David. And this is a subject that is really pertinent to parents, whether you have a child with disabilities or have an able-bodied child who they're going to interact with. It's great advice, and you're going to hear a lot about it in this interview coming up right now. Well, Dan, thanks for joining us today on the Create an Athlete podcast. And you have kind of been in the trenches on this subject, youth sports and, and disabled uh, kids and trying to, uh, you know, get access and everything. Why is this such an important issue right now in our, in our time? Kids with special needs um, just want to be part of the daily grind. And they're just like you and I. Uh, and they want to be part of uh, the process, meaning sports, school, athletics, you name it. Uh, they're, they're no different from a typical child. They are, um, they have their, their wants and needs, and uh, they they want to they just want to be part. They want to be included uh, in, in everything. Uh, so it, it's important for me to have people understand that. It, it's been it's been tough through school sometimes with with my son, um, as far as getting the things he needs to succeed, and he's been he's been pretty amazing. Uh, on a little bit that we have we've gotten through the school to do what he can do, and just just imagine if he had the uh, if he if he had everything that was promised to him, where he would be in the world today. Dan, the inclusion of uh, special needs students and athletes into you know mainstream activities that's something that didn't exist at all when I was in in high school twenty five years ago, and it's become more common. The millennials and the younger generation have embraced that to a degree. Um, what, do, what does everybody stand to gain, not just the special needs athletes, but those helping them uh, when, when we have this inclusion in sports? Well, for, for inclusion, it, 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 it will show people, uh, kids and, and typical kids, um, something they're, they're really not used to. I, you, you and I are probably around the same age. So it was the same thing when, when you had a, uh, a child with a disability. I know when my, my mother had friends that would bring over a child with Down syndrome, I would kind of stare and look at them kind of funny. And, it, it, you know, and, I, and I always thought that those parents must be an exceptional parent to have a child like this and to be able to take, take care of a child like that. Unbeknownst to me, now I'm now one of those parents that um, look at my son, and, and he's a gift. I mean, he, he's a gift to my wife and I, and he's the glue that kind of holds our family together. Uh, but it's extremely important because um, it will bring you back down to earth. Uh, when, you, when you see a child, you know, and it's everyday struggle, it's, it's made me a better parent. 
it's made my coaches and so forth um, understand things a little bit differently, take take the pace of life a little bit slower, because there's, there's more to the sports and the athletics uh, than um, having the child play. Because life will go on after after uh, we play football, things of that nature. But to have people see the the kids, they're, they're just as, as typical as you and I have. They have their wants and their needs. They want to do certain things, and it's extremely important. But it's also a fight. Uh, some schools around are apprehensive about uh, including kids uh, in certain things. And it's uh, if, I, if ever wanted to talk to someone who we've struggled, just talk to my wife in IEP meetings. It's very difficult sometimes to have uh, kids included. But when they're included, just like my son, he's a, a success story. There was we, I was at a meeting, a Board of Ed meeting just this past week about inclusion in schools. And there are still arguments to this day of why kids should and shouldn't be in uh, a typical classroom. And it, it boggles my mind while we're still having this conversation at this day and age, why we're still talking about it. Um, but um, it, it is a struggle. It is a struggle. And, and as important as this is, not only to the special needs athletes, but to the regular athletes, funding continues to be a major problem. And, and you, you have taken your challenger program and are kind of running it yourself, aren't you now, and, and helping other programs because you just haven't gotten the support from AYF or Pop Warner. Well, well exactly. And just ironically, this past week I was up in North Jersey uh, talking to four other programs that um, have run into the same thing that I had run into with Pop Warner and AYF. Uh, so they asked me to come up and speak to them about uh, you know, why, why is your program so successful? And I, and, I, and I basically, in a nutshell, said I had, to, I had to walk away. I had to get away from the AYFs and the, and, and the Pop Warners because they're not set up to run, um, to have a special needs program. They have, their rules are not accommodating to the special needs community. Uh, they, their rules are basically geared to the tackle teams. All right, and, and, and with special needs kids, you have to have a lot of flexibility because uh, there's so many different facets of special needs, uh, of the special needs uh, community that you need to be able to keep your mind open uh, and, and address with the times. One thing that Top Warner uh, we did is they only would put us on a field at halftime in between games. Now, me as a parent with a special needs and other parents out there, we're not sideshows, and our kids are not sideshows. So. That really upset us, and we kind of walked from it, walked away from Pop Warner. We walked away from Pop Warner, went to the AYF, um, and their their rules are almost the same thing. There was an age limit. You by twenty twenty one, um, they're out. They're done. They can't play football anymore. And we're, we as parents go, why? What difference does it going to make if he's twenty three, twenty four, twenty five? Doesn't matter in the special needs community. All they want to do is play football. The, the North groups that I, I spoke to last week, they have age uh, restrictions of 16 to 18, and that's coming from AYF. So, I, and, and going up there and talking to them and explaining to them what I did, I just told them I walked away. I said, I, I don't have, I run the program myself, it's my own nonprofit organization, and I, I let anybody play that, that wants to play. From five to whatever, my oldest player on the team right now is 39 years old. And he came out. He came out last year 
only because I don't have an age restriction. So just by doing that, I was able to gain another player. Good for you, Dan. And the, uh, you know, it's interesting the way you, you characterize it. And you're, you're, like we said, you're in the trenches. It sounds like we still have a ways to go in terms of people accepting and understanding the importance of this. And to that point, I recently wrote something about uh, the federal government, you know, was cutting, cutting a grant, a big grant out that they were giving to Special Olympics that was fostering these inclusion type of programs. And, uh, you know, they were cutting, they were going to cut that out in the latest federal budget. And it just seems like as far as maybe we've come since I wasn't, you know, in high school in the early 90s, you and I, it seems like we still have a long way to go. But about the funding part, how do you go about getting funding for these things? I mean, how, what is the, what is the key? What do you need to keep uh, these programs afloat? Because they just don't magically happen. Well, I do it myself. I mean, that I when I first started, and we were part of the AYF um, umbrella. I would get donations handed to me from parents, um, uh, small organizations giving me money because I was still part of you know the Point Pleasant Pirate Organization. So any money that I would have to get, I would actually basically have to turn it over to the organization, which uh, really kind of. Uh, didn't sit right with me, but I did talk to my presidents and so forth, and they understood any any funding that I would have myself would be ours because we were such a small organization. Now that I'm on my own, uh, there are grants out there from banks. I've had lawyers approach me. I've had, I've had businesses uh, approach me and say, hey, we'll give you money if you do this. So it's just a matter of me going out and applying on websites, uh, getting the word out there that we are nonprofit organizations. I've had people just hand me checks. So once I turned it into the 501C, the door kind of opened. But not everybody's like that. The, the um, towns that I met this, uh, this past week, some get um, uh, city assistance. I don't know how all that works, but the town is, it helps them. Uh, but it's very limited, and the two teams that are up there get none, and it's all on private donations. So it's a struggle. It is a, it's a big struggle for uh, challenger programs to get funding. Um, but I've kind of opened the door, I think, a little bit, and I, I've started the process to kind of help people, at least, at least in, for me, to start uh, obtaining funding so I can get the insurances and I can get the kids' jerseys and I can get the kids' backpacks and things of that nature. Those things that, you know, that make them feel special and, and be able to give me the field time on the, on the point where uh, field so I can get those things and be able to do what I do. We're joined by Dan Richards, who's talking about the need for uh, more disabled uh, youth opportunities in terms of sports. And, you, you know, what is the answer here? Is there a simple solution that you would like to see happen to that would maybe help everyone across the board here? I, I wish it was just as simple as, like, waving a magic wand. Uh, I don't have the answer. I, I do know that... Um, Involvement from uh, the borough where I play uh, helps out tremendously. I have the mayor who I have on speed dial. I have school superintendent Vinny Smith who I can call up. Uh, Chris Ferron, the AD, to get the field. Matt Salento, the head football coach. I have all those people that help, want to help. And, it, and all it is is a matter of a phone call to pick up a phone and say, hey, I want the field. They go, okay, what time? And I'm there. You need to have people, you need to surround yourself with people that are just as passionate as you that want to make those things um, uh, a success for kids with special needs. 
Yeah. I know that uh, when, we, when we switch, I just want to switch gears a little bit to to to, to, to uh, Rick Mustangs. They are the same way, but on the wrestling side, I have the whole entire wrestling program there because of David being a wrestler at, at Brick. So if schools get involved, like they like at Point and like it like at Brick, and get these people involved as passionate people, things can things can blossom and things can take off. But getting people there sometimes that's uh, that's a little bit of a struggle. Dan, one final question for me, and that is, uh, what would be your one best piece of advice? For uh, parents of special needs students who want to participate in sports, and for maybe their you know fellow students in school or those who would help them or want to see them do that, what would your best piece of advice be? Um, don't be afraid to ask. There are a lot, a lot of uh, special needs parents out there that uh, uh, I want to say won't speak up, won't you know, won't take the chance. Uh, I took the chance. Uh, I took a chance and going to the borough um, and, uh, you know, wanting to get a, a challenger league going. And I had people come to me wanting to help. If I, if I, never, if I never asked a question, uh, I don't think you and I would be talking today. But I, I spoke up. I wanted, I wanted something to happen for the kids. And uh, hence, six years later, I'm now, uh, you know, um, I'm now um, talking to other challenger programs about how I did it. Which is you know, which is you know, makes me feel pretty good that they've recognized what I've done in, in the borough and want to kind of emulate that other places. Because I, to be honest, and I'm not patting myself on the back for this, I think we we have a pretty damn good program, and the school and the community and everybody else that's around it, that's a big part of it. Well, Dan, you certainly do, and I've seen it firsthand. It's incredible what you guys are doing down in Point Pleasant. And again, we just want to thank you for joining us on the Create an Athlete podcast. It's been very informative, and uh, you're doing a great job. Well, I, I appreciate you appreciate you inviting me to, to, to talk about it. Uh, and if there's anything else I can do, if there's anybody that wants to speak more, talk to me about it, I'm more than willing to sit down, travel wherever, do whatever, in order to in order to take what I've done and, and put it into another location and make it, make it succeed. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Dan, thanks again. Great job. Thanks, All right, Dan. gentlemen, thank you. I appreciate the time. Thank you. Star Trek, Star Wars, Batman, Harry Potter, Marvel. Everyone is a fan of something. The Fan Theory Podcast explores pop culture weekly. Co-hosts Alex Bice and me, Felicia wellington Riddell. Talk features and fan faves with guests like William Shatner, Kevin Smith, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Simon Pegg, Vivica A. Fox, and so many more awesome creators behind your favorite books, movies, TV, music, video games, whatever Disney is doing, which is all of the things. So check us out. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Visit app.com slash fantheory and join the adventure. Steve, that was enlightening. I've written a lot about this subject, and uh, it just shows you how much you don't know unless you're in someone's shoes. Uh, what, what surprised me the most was uh, how Dan felt we're still really far away from where we need to be. And, you know, using, using words like sideshow, I mean, wow, that really hits you over the head. Well, i got to tell you, I first met him uh, at the Point Pleasant uh, Challenger football program that he basically runs. 
And then we crossed paths again last winter when his son David uh, was a wrestler at Brick Memorial. And it's an incredibly inspiring story, his son. And it really is because of Dan and the work he has done to open doors for him and other kids in the area and throughout the state. So, you know, without people like him, you know, illuminating this issue, um, I, I can't even imagine where we'd be. And we've come a long way, as you said. Uh, so it's, it's an issue that affects everyone, whether you have a disabled child or you have an able-bodied child. What I've found in doing these types of stories is that it's not just give these kids a chance to play sports anymore. It's more than that. It's, it's about giving them a chance to play sports, but blending in with the, what the, you know, the typical is, how they call them, the typical population. Uh, and that's the key. And that, that sort of mainstreaming inclusion is the word I use. That kind of inclusion can elevate the lives of these, these kids and their families. And that's what parents really want. I mean, the Special Olympics, as, as the standard construction of them, is fine um, to have the competition among strictly special needs athletes. There's nothing wrong with that. But taking that one step further and doing sports and activities with mainstream, typical, able-bodied peers is really what the hunger is there for, for the students and their families. And that's what parents will tell you. That's what they feel like helps their son or daughter grow. So, I mean, that's the next frontier. And that's kind of what, what Dave is pushing, Dan is pushing toward here. Well, it is. And, and honestly, the night I went over to Point Pleasant to see his challenger team, the Point Pleasant varsity team had was preparing for their biggest game of the year during the week, had just finished practice, and to a man, every kid stayed after practice and practiced them with the challenger team. And it was an incredibly inspiring thing under the lights outside of uh, Point Pleasant High School. So, you know, he really is uh, just a champion of this. And I think, you know, we spend so much time on the Create an Athlete podcast talking about able-bodied kids who have the goal of achieving a scholarship to go to college. This is every bit as important for these disabled kids as it is for those kids in, the, in terms of the end game and the rest of their life and what they're going to get out of this. And that's why I think it's so important. Right. So when you and I were growing up, Steve, we didn't have any, no. hardly any interaction with special needs kids. They were, they were sequestered in their own schools, in their own world. And now, this is say what you will about millennials and the generation under them, whatever they're called. Um, say what you will about them living their self-centered mm -hmm. lives on social media. That's like the stereotype, right? But they get it when it comes to inclusion. And to them, it's normal. So, yeah. And it's, a great, it's great for them, too, their growth in being more accepting. So, yes, there's a win-win on all sides of the aisle. Now, here's what I'll say. Here's the issue we touched on at the end there is the funding. So the funding, you know, millennials don't hold the, the purse strings here. The purse strings are still being held by, by older generations who just don't see this as a priority to fund it, case in point being the Special Olympics and their inclusion programs, giant grants getting cut out, you know, by the Trump administration, by the federal government. So this hurts progress. And so that's where uh, guys like Dan have to fight and sort of stake it out on their own and raise their own money. And that's not really a sustainable model for someone as driven and spectacular as Dan is, maybe, but I think it's not a sustainable model for the general population. We have to do better there as a society. Well, this really highlights the point where, as our, you know, we're in a period where our government is trying to do less and fund less. Well, here's the people that are really hurt. You know, the people that need it the most. 
And, you know, that's the unfortunate thing. And, and people like Dan, as you said, trying to do this on your own on a shoestring, well, that's not easy. And how long can you sustain that? So it, it really is going to come down to um, it's, it's going to come down to politics, I think, that, that ultimately will result in some funding for this. And, you know, again, the, the first thing I said to my wife when I came home from their challenger practice, which was two falls ago, was these kids, I could never in a million years when I was growing up have done what these kids are doing. That just wasn't part of the equation. So things have come so far since, you know, since I was growing up. But yet, you see how far they still have to come. Right, and that's why what we're doing today is we're trying by hosting this subject on Create an Athlete, trying to spread some awareness and help them take the next step. So this is definitely a different subject than we're used to tackling on the Create an Athlete podcast. But go back and check out some of our previous podcasts, and I think you'll find some great information. For instance, episode 17, Should You Coach Your Own Athlete? Or episode 15, Where Have All the Playgrounds Gone? I think you'll find them very interesting. And let us know what you think. You can reach out to Jerry Carino at NJ Hoopshaven on Twitter, or you can reach out to me on Twitter at Steve Edelson APP. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.